Welcome to another episode of To The Moon with Gregory John. Um, don't think you ever get tired of saying that. It sounds quite quite cool. Anyway, moving on. Um, today we're talking about something very interesting, very topical, um, around you know having how much money to have offshore, so specifically in context for South Africans, um, around working on how much money do you send offshore. It's a big talking point. Everyone is worried about how much money they should have offshore, what's sufficient. Um, everyone has different drivers when it comes to making these decisions about what to have offshore. Um, and oftentimes, it's very much a case of, you know, just get as much money offshore as you can. Um, and that's really, you know, it's just, it's built in us um, as South Africans around our concerns of, the, of a political nature mostly to protect our wealth. So we send our money offshore um, on that basis only without really sometimes considering the, the impact of that methodology for making your decision. And there are a few things to consider um, before just doing it purely on the basis of you know, protection. And I think you know, it's important to start there. And today's um, podcast is about helping you at least consider one thing as a start um, before, you know, just sending money offshore blindly. And that's actually about making sure that you match any liabilities that you have in a particular currency with an asset in that currency. Um, and I was actually interviewed on Simon Brown's show on Money Web Now, um, where he specifically you know, asked me some questions around asset liability matching and the principles behind it. So um, coming up shortly after this intro is that interview, which I hope you get a lot of value from. Um, and I hope you use it as a basis for, you know, for, for starting that decision-making process around how much money to have offshore. Obviously, it's a very complex discussion, but um, for me as a financial planner, it's it's the one of the first things that I'll look at is matching your assets and liabilities in a particular currency. Um, enjoy the little clip. I'll come back in afterwards and just um, sum up and give a bit more context. Enjoy. With uh, Greg Strachan, he's a wealth manager at Alpha Wealth. Greg, morning. Appreciate your time. A, a note coming out from from you, uh, just what last week, um, and, and particularly one point that I wanted to, to touch on. You state the firm believer in matching assets with liabilities in the same currency. We're talking around investing uh, wealth management on on a global level. What you mean, really, basically saying here is, you know, it, it, as it says, you got assets, but make sure you got your liabilities uh, in in the same currencies to 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 remove uh, currency sort of friction i suppose absolutely morning simon and morning to your listeners thanks for having me on um yeah absolutely i mean i think it's a it's a crucial component of of anyone's sort of financial planning is to make sure that you you match those two together and just to break that down slightly it's, it's really about matching the future demands on your capital mm-hmm with the assets that you've got. And I think a lot of people may, may, may not understand the concept of liabilities, and it's really saying, great example of that is, what is my demands on my assets for the income that I need in retirement? And that would be your liability. And then matching that with the assets that you've got. Because the key thing there is, 
ensuring that you minimize the risks associated with currency exposure, and it oftentimes can increase the risk and actually reduce return and effectively you know, put the, the success of the ability to deliver on those demands at risk, which is, not, which is exactly what we don't want. Yeah, and you make a great point there around liabilities. It's not necessarily debt. It's going to be my, the money I need to spend over the next, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 years, as, as the case may be. And that doesn't mean, I mean, so, you know, you're living in Zara, you're spending in Zara, in South Africa, if we need to invest in, in, into that as well. And that, we, we, our JSC is, is full of, of, of dual listed, is full of offshore, is full of commodity. We're not abandoning uh, uh, offshore. We're just saying, match those currencies and remove that friction. I, I remember when the Rand went from, you know, almost 14 in 2001 to under six a couple of years later, and that hurt a lot of people. Absolutely, and it's, it's certainly not saying remove, you know, the exposure to offshore offshore assets. And I think, if you just take a step back here, and mm-hmm. it's really important to put this discussion into context, and it has to start with every every person is very unique in what they're trying to achieve. Um, and this often is sort of it becomes the departure point, whereas the departure point really should be, you know, what is it that each individual is trying to achieve? Everyone is different. Everyone wants to extract a different type of lifestyle, a different type of, you know, goals and desires with the money that they've created. And it's important to understand that as a start. Once you've got that and you can start to really quantify relative to that individual what it is that those demands are, then you can start to have a, a really fruitful discussion about what is required from the capital. And once you've got that, then you can start making sure that you're putting in place a portfolio that's super efficient to deliver on that and, and you know, provide the highest probability of the individual sort of achieving those goals. And, and importantly, demands on capital aren't necessarily just always in rands. Mm-hmm. You, know, you might have a situation where someone is expecting to emigrate or you know, another really important thing here is that although it makes sense um, to reduce the currency exposure and match RANDs with RANDs, you know, we do understand that as South Africans, we have inherent concerns around, you know, political risk. And the, the big driver is let's send us money offshore to protect ourselves. Um, and to a degree, you know, people often, you know, they have that right to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just really important that people understand the risks that they're taking on. It's almost like an insurance premium. You need to understand that there's a cost of doing that. And if you're willing to take it, then you might need to commit more capital in order to deliver on what you're looking for. So it's not the most efficient, but we are humans after all. <laughs> and we do have these concerns, which as a financial planner, that's the most important part is make sure that you understand your client and put in place a plan that is sustainable going into the future. Yeah, and I, and I love the point you make there. Every person is unique. This is not a cookie cutter, one size fits all. You sit down with 10 different people, there are 10 different requirements that you need. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is, you know, one mustn't forget that investing in RAND in South Africa does not mean that you're fully exposed to the South African economy. Mm-hmm. Our market is you know, to a large extent, a global market with sort of, you know, if you look at our top 40 in terms of equities, 
you know, often, you know, more than 50, 60% of that is denominated in, you know, U.S., I mean, global earnings. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're getting a lot of foreign exposure. And also with the dual, with the inward listed stuff locally, you're able to actually get a lot of foreign exposure. So it's, it's not, not the case of offshore exposure. It's really a case of saying, you know, don't try and have, it's inefficient to have foreign assets in a foreign currency funding a local demand. Yeah. Sure. And, and, and that's the point I like. And it, it, we're not saying it's, but we're not even debating the offshore local. What we're debating is it's about the currency, match the currency. That is so important. We'll leave that there. And Scott Strachan, he's a wealth manager of Wealth. Greg, appreciate it. Right, I'm back. I hope that's made quite a bit of sense. And I'm going to make a few points which I realized I didn't cover too well in the interview. Um, so, asset liability matching, as I said in the interview, is ensuring that you've got assets in say rands that are covering liabilities that are in rands okay so that's the first point the second point is that those liabilities don't necessarily need to be in rands i mean if you've got a liability in the us for instance or in dollars then you need to match that liability with dollar assets um so it's not just generally a south african thing but as, as a south african if you are like a global citizen then you need to have assets in the different jurisdictions where that currency is. And the reason for this is that there is a lot of cost that is involved in um, you know, crossing different currencies and a lot of empty risk, as I mentioned there. So that's the first thing. The second thing is once you've done an asset liability matching exercise, um, then you can start becoming quite accurate around how much money is now surplus in your affairs or in your estate. And that money is then a great way to then determine what money should be externalized offshore. So, you know, if you're a person that's going to live in South Africa, you know that's what's going to happen. Make sure that your your, um, liability, i.e. your retirement is funded in South African rands. Obviously, that investment doesn't need to be all exposed to South Africa. It can be a global investment, just denominated in rands. Um, but then any money that is surplus to that can then be shipped offshore and packaged and structured in an efficient way um, outside of South Africa. And that's really um, a great way to start because the biggest problem that a lot of people have is that they send too much money offshore. They then get to retirement, for instance, they've got a liability here, i.e. they've got an income that they need, and they start funding that from offshore assets. And especially when the retiree is marginal in terms of their assets that need to meet their retirement requirements, they then start having these really difficult decisions to make as to when to bring the money over. They start incurring a whole lot of different costs and it just becomes very inefficient. So that's the premise behind asset liability matching. And I think it's just really important to start the discussion around sending money offshore um, with that to give you the right departure point as to making the right decision. So I really hope you enjoyed that. If you've got any questions, by all means, drop me an email, drop me a message um, and get in touch with me. Um, you can you can jump on my LinkedIn profile and get all the information. But hope you enjoyed that, and 
look forward to catching up with you guys on the next episode.